Clinical Direction. This is Unspoken Secret, episode two, with Brad and Matt. (laughs) We got there. We did it. Hi. We're here again. (laughs) Hello. I'm Maddie. I'm Bradley. (laughs) And you're watching Disney Channel. It just makes sense. Except the podcast. This is the podcast. Except the podcast. You're listening. Stay tuned. If you could see Bradley right now, he's doing the ears and they look horrible. It's rough. He would have gotten fired. (sighs) Yeah. Child star he is not. (laughs) I wish. I wish. That was my dream. I asked for that for Christmas. Let's let's think about the, the endings of those people. You know what all of them have? Probably depression. depression. <laughs> Clinical depression. <laughs> Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably. Also, up at the top, we're um, not licensed psychiatrists or licensed counselors in any way. While both of us are in the psychology department and have a passion for what we're going to talk about today, um, don't take our word we are for not anything. Professionals. Go talk to someone who actually has a degree and licensing to talk about these things and try to fix and help people. Um, so just And please talk about it. Please talk about it. If you want okay. to talk to us, that's fine, but also go talk to a therapist. Yeah, we can send you to sources. That's true. And that brings us to this depression. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be sad. But, Is it though? But that's you okay. Know us. One of my favorite quotes, and I have no idea who says this, so I'm sorry. I'm not gonna good um, quote, Brad. Cite you. Good quote. Um, is there? I think I heard this from a TED talk. Actually, I'm calling the honor code. You're done. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> there is no such thing as bad emotions. There are only unpleasant ones. And that I really is like so that. true. I really like that. And you know what? I think there's a lot of people who strive to never have the unpleasant emotions. And guess what that so does? Bad. It's not healthy. It numbs every sort of emotion you have. You can't just selectively choose to not be sad because now you're not going to be able to feel anything. There's, And that's worse. Trust me. That's I, yeah, worse. I, that's not a way to live. So like – I don't know. Some of these things are going to be labeled as bad or like unwanted, but sometimes they're really necessary for the human experience. And mm-hmm. like, you're not a bad person for you're feeling not. these things. And you're a bad person for repressing we, a lot these of other, things. <laughs> we're bad people for a lot of other reasons, just not that one. <laughs> just not that one. Human emotion is not a reason that we are bad. So That's what we do true. with those emotions. Yeah. Well, and I think today we're going to talk a lot about like when. It goes too far where you do need help from someone else. And it's not even help. It's just Sometimes you support. need someone else. Sometimes you need someone else to to talk through things. Interdependence. Get, yeah. yeah. We need each other. That's true. That's very true. But in, at some level, there has to be some sort of outside force coming together for social connection. Yeah, so no one can see what you're doing with your hands. I was. This was for you. Oh. I was putting my fingers together. Someone's just gonna hear like a little, a little thing, and, <laughs> and like, like, what is what that? the actual? I know they were talking about makeout spots last week, but like, what? Tiffany, sh- <laughs> Tiffany, shut up! <laughs> Tiffany, stop! I told you to wait. Yeah, that's Tiffany's voice. Okay, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's not enough room in the booth. Can I like stand up? No, no, no. Get back on the ground, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> Poor Tiffany. Guess what? Tiffany has depression. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready. (laughs) I wasn't ready. Really, though, 
No, but I think too often the world, media, our culture focuses on being happy and that is the purpose of the world. Even in a religious atmosphere, I totally. mean, we're in Utah, very religious. Everything is focused on being happy, do what feels good, do what is right. That's like the pinnacle. That is like what people see as the purpose of life. And yes, those things are good. We yeah. do strongly believe that, that we are supposed to have joy. But honestly, if you're feeling nothing but joy, you're not really feeling anything. Yeah. I mean, you're missing yeah. the point. Opposition and all things and all that. But also... There's a reason life is so long. <laughs> So you can get all of it. Yeah. Just think about any sort of advertisement you're seeing these days. It's all about making your life better and happier. Mm -hmm. And is that really something that we should aspire to? Yeah, maybe. But if we're going to completely disregard those more negative emotions, like that's Mm -hmm. a disservice to us too. Because then people have – you know, a lot of these really unpleasant emotions, maybe too much, like in clinical depression. Um, and they don't know what to do. Like, uh, that's not how I'm supposed to be feeling. Am I even a real person? Am I going crazy? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, no, you're not going crazy. Um, especially if you have anxiety, too. You're probably asking yourself that. <laughs> Am I insane? All the time. Um, you're not. Clinical anxiety. That doesn't roll off the tongue as well. No, it doesn't. Clinical depression, that's better. Generalized anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Also, um, big shout out to Ryan. He just suggested this topic and yeah. Really? Yeah. See? Oh. How about ways to see if also, someone is depressed? Maddie texted me earlier <laughs> screenshots of what Ryan said to her. Was I was so not sweet. ready for that. I literally so I was in class looking at my phone. I'm not even supposed to because she specifically class is said it? women's studies. You're going to jail. She's going to send you to women's jail. I was in the front row. <laughs> You're the worst. Also, I was late. Oh. <laughs> um, but I opened my phone and just read it. It was so nice. It was so sweet. It was so sweet. I've never received such a high compliment. I have to say, um, Ryan is probably the sweetest man I've Ryan ever Ryan is also her fiancé, if you kind of put that together. Yeah. So he texted me and said, tell Bradifer I love him. He's a good boy. He takes care of you. Like, he's there for you as, like, an emotional release, and he cares about you. That makes him a good boy in my book. It's <laughs> just so cute. I know you can't uh, see it, but I'm crying. And Ryan is just so genuine. I love him to death. So that's, that's, that's why so nice. I'm marrying him. Hi, May 25th. Mm-hmm. Get here. <laughs> yeah. And that was right after he had listened to this podcast. And it's funny because I made him listen to it twice. Yeah. Because there was something I said last week about um, lying in relationships. Um, the point that I was trying to say is not to lie in relationships, but there is a certain amount of personal moderation and social interaction that requires a small aspect of not telling the entire truth. Mm -hmm. If I told every single person every moment of what I was feeling, that's that's insane. That's too much. That's Mm -hmm. like you don't do that. Yeah. And even with those emotions, as soon as you like voice it, it becomes more real. And so it affects other people. Yeah. Because now someone else is freaking out. Yeah. And they're worried. They're concerned. And it gets really confusing. But if you just like keep it in. 
even if someone asks, you kind of just like ignore it, and then your brain is like, oh, it's not a problem, moves on. Or you just you don't have to talk about it. Or anymore. you can just learn to or level off your it. emotions and be a little bit more logical. Because mm-hmm. the immediate response when something happens is an emotional one that honestly, most of the time, isn't actually what you're feeling. It's just mm-hmm. like an immediate thing. Yeah. So if you just think about it for a hot second, then come up with your opinion. That's always better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you weren't talking about like having a really, really bad day and like no. lying about it. It was just like no. a small. This thing came up. I'm kind of annoyed totally. by it, but I don't need to bring it up. Yeah, and I think that's something I should have said more clearly. Like, if there was an instance where I was really hurt and it was something major, obviously I'm going to be honest about that. And that's something that I'm working on personally and I'm getting better at. Um, but in every moment, it, everything doesn't have to be said. Mm-hmm. And that's not just with relationships. If I did that to you, you would hate me. That'd be, like, really weird. Yeah, I would. So, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah. So now back to depression. Clinical depression. <laughs> I love doing that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You're, like, into it. Whatever you're doing it to. You had questions? Yeah. So, so I consider myself very lucky that so far in my life I have not – dealt with clinical depression as far as I know like looking back on my life maybe there were some points where like yeah I should have gone to therapy but also Mm. considering what was going on in my life I think these were just sad sad moments sad times extraneous yeah like if there's a big life situation that causes a lot of stress yeah you're going to be down like Mm. that's that's a natural reaction everyone slips into depression at some point everyone so that's that's what I'm saying like I don't think I've had it yet but that's not to say that I won't ever. So mm-hmm. what I want to ask you today, Brad, because um, Brad has... I am diagnosed with major depressive disorder. There it is. It's been... There it is, kids. Look it three, up. Three, four years? It's been a while. It's been a while. And, and I definitely had it way before I was diagnosed. I remember having it in like junior high, high school. Yeah. But I just never saw anyone. I thought about seeing someone about it. Yeah. Talked to my parents even a little bit about doing it and then kind of chickened out and... <sighs> Yeah. Decided against it. and I was like a middle schooler. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was 18 that I actually went to a doctor, went to a therapist, got prescriptions, went through therapy, still doing that today. Yeah. It's been kind three, of like a daily, three years. Daily yeah. upkeep part. Mm-hmm. So, so I have questions for you regarding – so was there something that triggered or like did someone say something that – convinced you like okay maybe there is a problem here um yeah actually so i went on a mission for the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and in canada in canada eh? i hate that and it was effing cold honestly (laughs) i should have died and it was really hard i love my sleep and i lost (laughs) that if you struggle waking up what is the rest of your day going to be like it's rough. It's so rough. So Hi, there was this sister missionary who we became really good friends with. And so there was one time that we were talking and she kind of just like was trying to like be kind of happy and cheerful about it. But you can tell it was kind of you can always tell painful for her. But she's like, I just got tested and found out I have clinical depression. Clinical depression. Clinical <laughs> depression. And I got blood tests and Whoa. everything. Um, because she a lot of mm-hmm, a lot of depression is linked to um, certain proteins not being present. 
Well, your brain's messed be. up. A Everything. Bit. A lot of things are messed up. There's yeah. so many different factors to depression. It's a complicated illness, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people underestimate that. Um, so th- there's a lot of complicated contributing factors, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of complicated solutions, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's different for everyone. Seriously, it's such an individual thing. So. Again, we're not professionals, and this is, like, just Brad's this story. This is me. So if it doesn't match up with what you're experiencing, that doesn't negate what you're feeling. That doesn't mean you don't have it. doesn't mean yeah. you do have it. Totally. Um, don't think too much into it. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> ju- this is just to listen, okay? Yeah. And she said that, and in that moment, I was, like, remembering the conversations that we had had and how we had so many similarities, and the thought came to my mind— I might have it too. Wow. Well, and, and it's not like these feelings were new. You've been thinking no. about it for a while. No. I, yeah. And I, I do, like I said earlier, it was clear back in junior high that I was considering yeah. seeing a doctor about it because I thought I might have had something wrong with my brain. But it took someone else's sharing of their experience mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. you realize. Yeah. Interesting. Perhaps the point of this podcast Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's out. <laughs> if we couldn't have laid it out any clearer. So now it's spoken. <laughs> it is spoken. So fast forward a couple weeks, I went to the doctor, um, got diagnosed, and they give you these tests. Um, and that's like when I really realized, oh, my gosh, I really do have depression because I was – I mean – Yes, like even if you do score high on the tests, that doesn't mean like automatically you have depression. It's it's like such a multifaceted thing. There's so many things. But I did take this and realize that I was experiencing like all these symptoms. Let's talk about some of the symptoms. Okay, let's go through them. Okay, so some people may experience um, so with your mood, things like anxiety, apathy, general discontent, guilt, hopelessness, loss of interest, loss of interest or pleasure in activities, mood swing, sadness, where you do feeling – were you feeling some of those? Um, yeah. <laughs> all, all Almost all of those. When I was younger, I definitely had a lot more anxiety. Mm. But um, – and starting my mission, I had a ton of anxiety. I was so stressed. Totally. Um, but I actually kind of got cured of anxiety. Since like about halfway through my mission, I stopped caring what other people thought about me. I stopped. I don't know if that's feeling... a cure, but you more controlled yeah. it. You controlled okay. it. Better. Yeah. Um, something just clicked in my brain. And ever since then, I haven't had an anxiety attack. That's awesome. Since. And then some behavioral symptoms are things like agitation, excessive crying. That's Brad. Um, irritability. <laughs> Actually, I don't cry. <laughs> Restlessness or social isolation. Are you uh, feeling some social isolation? Oh, yeah. I'm away from family, friends. I have one companion. That's true. Physically, mm-hmm. you were isolated, but do you think you isolated yourself from oh, a lot of people? Oh, for sure. I yeah. shut myself out all the yeah. time. Sleep is a fun one, too. Early awakening, that was not I could, to your will. Uh, <laughs> sleep is my enemy. That's why I love sleep <coughs> is because I never get enough of it, and it's just so healing and peaceful. 
the tiny death. Um, or it could be the opposite with things like excess sleepiness, insomnia, or restless sleep. So it could be like a lot of sleep or not enough sleep. Mm-hmm. I fluctuate. To this yeah. day, I fluctuate with my sleep pretty Yeah. Bad. That's another thing. These symptoms can totally change based mm-hmm. off of your life. Um, you can experience excessive hunger, fatigue, or loss of appetite. Mm. Um, I was talking about the last podcast. I know. We already covered that one. Uh, you can lack concentration, slowness in activity, or thoughts of suicide. That, those are some pretty... Um, mm-hmm. Those are some pretty important ones because those are things that only you know about, mm-hmm. and a lot of those things can just be a personal battle. Yeah. And if you're not going to talk about them, that can be where a lot of problems lie. Mm-hmm. Especially the last one with thoughts of suicide. Like if yeah. if you are feeling in any way suicidal or even thinking about considering hurting yourself or others, like that is. That's the time you need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Like, please. Yeah. And just like a side note with that, we talked about this before we started recording. Um, suicide should not be a swear word. Yeah. Okay. Don't be it, afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to say it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. It's a real thing. Okay. Don't, I mean, it can feel awkward and uncomfortable, but if you think someone is being suicidal, ask, are you experiencing these things? Do you have thoughts of ending your life or harming yourself? And if you do, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person. And a lot of people, they only talk about suicide after it happens. But at that point, who is that helping? Like Mm -hmm. that person is already gone. The discussion of, yeah, it's pointless. Yeah. So if if you're feeling – Seriously, if you're feeling like a friend or yourself or a loved one – um, is maybe dealing with some of these symptoms or other ones like weight gain or weight loss. That one's a little bit more apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, poor appetite, repeatedly going over thoughts. That's the anxiety part. Mm-hmm. Like if you're noticing someone is struggling with some of these things, hopefully you have a good relationship where you can ask about that. So that was my next mm-hmm. question for you, Brad, is so what were some of the helpful things people – asked you about or told you during Mm -hmm. these times like what made you or what were some of the bad things that people said because there's lots of bad things you can say (laughs) what are some of the what are the highlights Um, (laughs) give us the highlight reel let's talk about this um (laughs) so first i was going through moments where i was like oh i'm okay and suddenly question okay maybe i don't have depression the meds were working maybe Maybe. But even, like, before, like, in high school, like, yeah. I would go through those waves and think to myself, oh, I'm fine. Things are fine. Mm-hmm. It's not that severe or anything. Other so what, people have it worse. That's one of the most hurtful things I've ever heard um, is Someone people saying, no, but you hear it. Yeah. I don't think anyone told me that directly to me. Yeah. But it's you like a kind competition. Of, How bad is your life? Are we really yeah. playing this? Yeah. Like, and so really? even if you are not clinically depressed <laughs> – and you're just sad, talk to someone. Yeah. There, there isn't a threshold of you have to be this sad before you can get help. You have to have gone through this trauma <laughs> and had this kind of You have to be this upset. Yeah. No. Find those people in your life that recognize that just because you're saying something, even if it kind of seems excessive, it doesn't mean you're complaining. Because that also That's was really – true frustrating when people made me feel like I was complaining when really I just need to say something that's bothering me and once you say it know that someone's listening it it's better and everything's okay we don't have to talk about it anymore yeah 
But feeling like, oh, if I say this and they're going to make it a big deal or, oh, it's not bad enough, they're not going to care. Or, oh, they're just going to brush it aside and say I'm complaining and, oh, just. Or try to fix it. Tell you you need to pray more mm-hmm. and you'll feel better. Yeah. Tell you, oh, just go exercise. Why don't you just sleep better? Why don't you just eat better? And it's yeah. like those are actually the things that I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like the cures are the symptoms. So um, hmm? <laughs> let's think about that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, don't feel like it has to be severe to talk about it. Um, some of the things that really helped me was just knowing that it was it was normal and that it is okay to be sad. Yeah. It is even encouraged. It should be encouraged. Like, obviously, you're not going around doing things that will make people sad. No. But you shouldn't try to prevent someone from feeling sadness, yeah. complete sadness. Does that kind of make sense? Like... They need to experience that. Like, as a father, even though I don't have kids, if I were to completely shelter my child from ever falling down, ever getting cut, ever doing anything, that doesn't teach them anything. They need to know what that is. And it's so hard figuring out that balance. Well, emotional regulation is hard for, mm-hmm. for anyone. Like, adults are still going to struggle with that. Yeah. And like feeling and understanding what they're feeling. That's mm-hmm. that doesn't come naturally to really anyone. Yeah. And you know what? There was a Black Mirror episode about that exact scenario where a mom sheltered her child from everything bad in the world. Guess how that episode ended? Suicide? No, the kid killed the mom. So oh, that's homicide. Not, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about if murder. It gets to that level. Oh, I would love that. Ooh. Also, can Ellen DeGeneres please sponsor us? You I want to be on your wish. show. You're not Thanks. a small child enough. You're too grown up. <laughs> She'd love me. Only little kids get on that show. That's true. Yeah. So. So those are some yeah. bad things that people told you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the really common things is that just people are trying to fix you. Mm-hmm. Um, or they ask, what can I do? How are you supposed to answer that? Like, uh, that doesn't really Mm -hmm. help because now you're on the spot of having to come up with something for them. Or you just say, no, it's fine, and then just move on. Mm -hmm. It's like, what were – Yeah, it's – I hated when people asked, what can I do? Like, I know that they're coming from a good place and they want to help. But honestly, all I need is, like, human connection and talking with people and feeling like I'm normal. When I turn into a project (laughs) – no one wants to feel no that. No one wants to feel that way. And it is true. When people say, what can I do to help? I do think of some things like, oh, you could do this, this, or this. But I don't want to sound like a jerk say saying that. I feel uncomfortable. Or you're, like, you're asking way yeah. too much. I'm like, I want you to hug me more often. To me, that feels awkward to say. Totally. And but like, it is the truth. Mm-hmm. Or I want you to spend more time with me. Like, I can't ask that of you. Come help me do my laundry. That's me all the time. No, actually, <laughs> that is a very real thing. Yeah. Um, if you notice someone slipping away from basic daily chores, yeah. making their bed, doing their laundry, brushing their teeth, taking showers. That's a sign. That's a sign. Like, I've gone through all those things. Yeah. Where and I still struggle with that sometimes. Where just the simple basic things are so hard to do. Mm-hmm. And it meant the world when someone was there to remind me or to do it for me. Yeah. Dishes are a huge thing. Like I've had many, many roommates and I don't mind doing the dishes at all. I actually kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just can't. 
do it. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to. I just, I just can't get into it. Well, and so it was helpful when someone would do it for me. That's definitely something good to consider next time I get really mad at my roommates for not doing their dishes. Maybe a little bit more empathy. Maybe they're going through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe they have. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Don't do it. <laughs> One too many. <laughs> We've oh hit the clinical limit. <laughs> We've hit the threshold of this. <laughs> so. So that's a, that's a real. So would you say for you, people just doing things instead of asking to do them, was that mm-hmm. helpful? Yeah. And understanding if you want to combat depression, you need to fill it with things that go against like the root of depression. Depression comes from isolation, loneliness, self-loathing, yeah. um, disappointment, all those things. So if you really want to help someone with that, you have to help them recognize the good in them, spend time with them, make them feel loved, make them feel like you genuinely care about them and love them for them. And not in a project way. Yeah. Like, for example, my favorite Disney character ever is Eeyore. Ever. I love Eeyore. Yeah, you do. I do. I have an Eeyore pillow pet. You have a lot of pillow pets. I have six pillow pets, but that's another podcast. Yeah. The pillow Um, pet. If you want to send me a pillow pet, I will give you things. Nothing. (laughs) I love Eeyore because his friends um, love and accept him for who he is. They yeah. always invite him to do things with them, and they never once complain, ask him to change. I mean, this is a little extreme, but they never ask him what's wrong. Mm. They just know that's how he is, and Eeyore still wants to be with them. Yeah. And he maybe doesn't say yes to everything, mm-hmm. you know, like every single invitation. They don't view him as inferior in any way. Yeah. They just love him. They just reach out to him recognize i mean in the real world you should probably maybe be a little more attentive than what they might be to eeyore because maybe eeyore is suicidal maybe he does need help and maybe he does need help and so that's a bad example in that regard (laughs) but generally speaking like just treating them as they are and recognize that they are going through emotional waves i have three main phases that i go through all the time my like normal emotional phase, my apathetic phase, and my depressive phase. My normal phase is just good things happen, I feel good. Bad things happen, I feel bad. And I just, it's very, very normal and regulated. My apathetic phase, flatline. I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. Good things happen, I don't feel anything. Bad things happen, I don't feel anything. Yeah. It's just total numbness. And then depressive, good things happen, I feel bad. Bad things happen, I feel worse. Yeah. Um, it's like waves, but it's way below. It's way below it the threshold. Be. Yeah. Um, and I transition through these phases quite often. And the transition from my depressive to normal is you, I usually go through a euphoric phase where like I'm like manic. super manic. Well, that's a bipolar. <laughs> Not extreme, but it's kind yeah. of a shock a little it's bit. It's a little bit of an upper. Where you suddenly feel really good and like I'm ready to do things. Yeah, um, I'd say that's probably a manic phase in some Mm -hmm. A little bit of a mania. Mm -hmm. And then I just go back to like the normal and transition. Um, There was one time last year where something happened, but I slipped into my apathetic phase. And generally I spend anywhere from a few hours to a few days in each phase. 
um, and I'm just constantly going through. Sometimes it's not like a cycle mm-hmm. where I go normal, depressive, apathetic. Like it can go apathetic, depressive, apathetic, normal, depressive, apathetic. Like That's it can go, it can go anyway. But I usually spend wild card. Yeah, it's anything. <laughs> but I usually spend a few hours to a few days in each episode. And there was one time where I hit my apathetic phase, recognized I was in my apathetic phase, and just kind of like took the precautions, like went through the same routine that I always did, just knowing that it would pass eventually. And it went on for a week. I went an entire week without feeling any emotion. I had a test that week. Didn't feel stressed at all. Wow. I think I went to a party or something, felt nothing. No, like, excitement. No anxiety. Didn't feel anything. It lasted an entire week. And I was in class and someone said something funny. And it, honestly, I don't remember what it was. It was so dumb. But they said something funny, and it snapped in my brain, and I suddenly transitioned mm-hmm. into a new phase. I went to, like, my normal phase. I don't know what happened, but all those emotions that I had felt, felt, or experienced throughout that week suddenly came on me all at the same time. Oh I literally goodness. burst out laughing, could not control myself. Jeez. And then immediately, like a switch, I started crying. I had to leave the room. It was just overwhelming. It was overwhelming. And then I felt angry. Like all those emotions, I've never experienced that before. It was so bizarre. I honestly had to leave because it kind of scared me. Yeah. It happened so quickly. And so emotional regulation, guys, not to figure it out. It's a toughie. (laughs) That's that's the moral of the story. And I still don't know what triggered it or what. Her joke was really funny, I guess. So props to you. You made so someone laugh to and you. then cry. And then cry. That and girl probably like looks back on that like, what did I do? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry. It was so bizarre. <laughs> Poor girl. It was. But that's kind of how I experienced depression is it's, yes, there are depressive, but more likely than not, I'm in the apathetic phase and I just don't feel anything. Which is, that is still a depression so diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, so what point do you think... Like, so I'm coming from a friend perspective. Um, at what point should other people get involved? Like, at mm. what point do you think that people need to step in if if the individual isn't helping themselves? Because a lot mm. of times, like, there is no energy to help themselves, even if they mm-hmm. do know. And that can be – and taking that first step can be the hardest part. Mm-hmm. So, And oh, it is really hard because it's – at least for me, um, more often than not, I'm in a better mood when I'm with someone. Yeah. And so when I'm surrounded by friends, I'm fine. And you're like, Sometimes. what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. What's it's not until I'm alone that it can get serious. Yeah. And so it is really hard as a friend being like, okay, how do I recognize the signs when you're usually not around? What are you when, like when you're alone? You're not going to know. Yeah, you're not going to know. And so you have to just have open conversations with people yeah, and let people know what you're thinking and find someone that you just trust yeah. and that you can share that connection with. Um, whether it's a parent or a friend or the someone teacher. else, a teacher, um, this podcast. Hi. Hi. We're there for you. In reality, we are. Honestly, yeah. Um, we will talk to you. Yeah, we're real people. So we, that's fun. Yeah. We respond. We're responding we to last week's. Oh, I would so respond to anyone trying to message me. Yeah. Please, I crave human contact. <laughs> Please, I have. 
<laughs> Don't say it. Um, but yeah, you – and that's just a basic human need regardless of whether or not you are clinically depressed or have generalized anxiety disorder or bipolar disorder or any mental illness. You just need human contact to function. That's I, just what humans are built to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. I strongly believe that going back to joy and like being happy, you cannot feel true happiness alone. Yeah. If you think about your happiest moments, it's always with someone else. Or a lot of other people. Or a lot of the more people, the merrier. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Some people are like, I can only handle one high. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. true. And, and alone time is good, but there is always going to be a point where you have to be with other people. Mm-hmm. And there's different ways of being with another person. It totally. can simply just be in the same room as them. Yeah. Or having, like, a small conversation. Like, you don't have to be... Talking on the internet. Constantly socializing and being um, extroverted. And that can be really hard. It can be exhausting. That's not That's not what it is. You just need to be with someone yeah. and have that connection. It's just about the connection, yeah. It is. You and just talking. need it. Yeah. Um, you think about movies that you watch or shows that you watch by yourself... And they're just so much more funny when you're with someone. That's so true. It's it's just bizarre to me. Um, going to the movie theater is always way more fun than watching a Even though you're not even talking yourself. to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not talking, exactly. but you're just with someone. Like the presence. Just being with someone yeah. and like feeling that because you – because in a way like you know – you have that empathy. You know what other people think are funny. Because, like, you're friends with them. If you're going with your friends, you know they'll think it's funny. And so, so that makes you, you laugh. start laughing. Yeah. It's that connection. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you answered the question. Like, at what, what point was... did people step in? Oh, at what point? <laughs> wow, I'm terrible at this. Um, you're just passionate. We're going to go with passion. I'm passionate about this. <laughs> Same. <laughs> at what point? What do you mean by step in? Like, like so... For example, say I have a friend who I think maybe needs to get help, like from my mm-hmm. perspective, maybe they do have some symptoms. Okay. And I've noticed that they maybe aren't ready to admit them, or I think there might be a possibility of thoughts of suicide or something mm-hmm. like that, like a serious symptom. Um, they're starting to drop out of school. They're starting to do poorly at their job, like things like that, where it Mm -hmm. starts impeding on life quality. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I just answered my own question. I I would (laughs) (laughs) When it starts impeding on their life quality. When there's some sort of like distress, um, Mm -hmm. whether that's emotional, physical, any, anything like that, where there's a clear, there's a clear problem and it's impacting their life. I would say that's the point where I personally would draw the line and say, okay, now it's time for me to stop asking how they're feeling and say, hi, I've noticed this. Mm-hmm. If you'd like, I would love to recommend solutions. Also, I'm coming over tonight to help you do your laundry and also I'm putting you in a shower. Like, just Honestly, if like I had that. heard that growing up, it would have changed so many things. Like in a good way? In a good way. Oh, good. <laughs> like having someone take initiative and take control, that, oh my gosh, that's a really good point, actually. Because you feel so helpless. You feel like well, you've someone's lost. someone's noticing you. 
control. Someone is, is noticing. Like, if someone came to you and said, Brad, like, I love you so much, and I have noticed that you are not eating. You're losing weight. You're failing your classes, and those things concern me because I love you so much as a person, and I want you to be able to do everything you want to in this life. And I feel like there are some things going on that are impeding that. Can I please show you this is my friend, psychiatrist, blah, blah, blah. Like, I really think they could help you. Like, would that be? That would be. My one thing with that is going back to my last, our last podcast, Mm -hmm. um, how my roommate kind of did that in a way because yeah. he was like I've noticed you have an eating um, the the main problem with that I mean I should have been better with that that was I made huge mistake with that I should have been more accepting of his help and um, but if you get that kind of response like I did where they just shut you out and like get upset recognize that they're having these emotional waves yeah and kind of just wait for them to cool down and then approach them again yeah. Make sure they're in. So don't wait for them to approach you, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if it's getting to a dire point where you think, like, there are some major life concerns here. Like, this person is, I'm concerned for their safety and well-being. I, I think at that point, like, that's when you're insistent. Mm-hmm. And maybe wait, like you said, but yeah, not too long. If they're heated <laughs> in their emotions, that's the worst time to talk to them. Yeah. You need to. So go to ice cream first. That makes everyone happy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I sure. Ice cream and talk Do about something. <laughs> Don't get turned off if they reject you, if they shut you out. And then don't bring that up again. I yeah. hate it. Um, it bothered me so much when people would say, oh, well, you were angry about this the other day or this, this is what I thought you were when you said this. Like, don't ever hold someone to something that they said or did when their emotions were high. Yeah, and Don't there clearly is something else going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because people do stupid things when their emotions are going crazy. And well, and so, maybe if they don't have the most control out, out of them mm-hmm. at that moment, you know, like mm-hmm. give him at least a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to help them, so let's help them. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I definitely, if you're in any sort of way worried or – have just, like, a thought that's the definite time to step in. Like, there's no other option. You can't mm-hmm. not do something. You have to. So just to kind of wrap everything up on this subject, this topic. Um, sad but very important. Sad but very true. One of the best things of advice I can give you um, is, and I've said this to a few people before, but embrace your emotions, but don't let them embrace you. Too much. Too much, I know. But I really like that because you have to own what you are feeling. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be scared of it. Yeah, it's part of you. It's part of you. Don't hide it. Don't shove it down. Feel that. Hello, toxic masculinity. Feel <laughs> that emotion. Talking to you men out there. When, I, when someone comes to me and they're upset, I tell them to cry. Like I, It feels good. I ask them, like... You get upset. I want you to feel these emotions run through that course. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable for me because I'm watching. Like when someone comes to you and they're crying, you want, oh, stop crying. It's okay. It's, it's going to okay. be fine. No. Tell them, you know, I don't know if it's going to be okay. I don't know how you're feeling you're right really now. You're really in it right now. You are in it. You need to feel this. <laughs> this is yours. Accept this. Yeah. Own this moment. 
but don't let it control your life. Yeah. And another piece of advice is you never have to go through today again. It's a new day. It's it's like today might have really sucked, but you never have to do it again. Like it's over and tomorrow can be different. So, Mm -hmm. you know, get out there, face those demons, fight the good fight, fight Fight the the crap out of it. (laughs) Do it. This is war. Just do it. I have to end the same way I always do. Which is? A secret is a story untold, and I just told it. Because depression shouldn't be a secret. It shouldn't. And too often it goes unspoken. Yeah, it does. Mic drop, as the mic is just on a stand and can't be dropped. We're going to drop it anyway. Mm, Smash it into the ground. We went there. (laughs) Yeah, but no, for real, if if you ever want to talk to us, we're real people and we would be happy to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to reach out. We love you. We love you. You're so We really strong. do. You're amazing. You can do this. You're not alone. You never have to do today again. And things will get better. Or maybe they'll get worse. Or maybe they'll get worse. Who but freaking you, knows? But you are better. You, it is your life. You are better than those things. Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. And that's your daily affirmation from Mad and also Brad. This is the podcast that we are on currently speaking Talking to you. about clinical. Clinical. Depression. depression.